Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hello, Taylor County. I'm Alex Renneman with Unleashed Tiger, and I'm here with Ricky R. Reese, running for Magistrate. Rick, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's start things right off with just telling us, what is the duties of a magistrate? Well, the magistrate court historically is known as the people's court. It's really designed for access, um, entry by any citizen on any level. Uh, we historically do civil process or civil suits up to $10,000 now, 10000 Less than $10,000 is the civil maximum, but we do a lot of the criminal uh, initiation uh, procedures, uh, criminal complaints, criminal warrants, initial appearances on folks that have been arrested, certainly setting the bond. Later on, we try all misdemeanors. As far as felony go, we often accept the criminal complaints on felonies, uh, rule on probable cause. If the folks are arrested, we also hold what's known as preliminary hearings, which gives the... Uh, alleged felon an opportunity to have a procedural hearing in magistrate court before that case may be transferred into the circuit. Uh, so mainly the misdemeanor, civil stuff, criminal stuff, and more recently we've got into the mental hygiene, um, involuntary hospitalization commitments, those kind of procedural things for folks that are either mentally ill or addicted and are dangerous to themselves or others. So we have a lot of activity involved with the mental health uh, side of things. We do a whole lot in the domestic violence uh, prevention, and certainly we do a whole lot of emergency protective orders. And we decide initially if there's calls to put a civil order of restraint against some someone uh, domestically defined, a boyfriend, husband, ex of whatever, uh, that we can issue emergency orders that the final hearings are heard before the family court in Taylor County. Uh, so there's a multitude of mental health and domestic and criminal and civil and a little bit of everything we get involved with. Uh, Makes sense. So you, you've done this a time or two, So, but why do it again? I know you're running unopposed in your division, and, and really both magistrates are this term. They're in different divisions, but um, what, what is it about magistrates that, that, that keeps you coming back? Well, historically, uh, again, I uh, stated that this is the people's court. I enjoy the part where we have a lot of hands-on hands uh, uh, with folks on the walk-in level. A lot of folks are not sure which direction to take, uh, be it uh, deciding to sue someone or if they have some criminal issue that we maybe direct them that it may be more of a police matter that they need to take up with local law enforcement, the states, the cities, the counties. Uh, we're able to direct and, and hopefully provide some relief or intervention to folks that are not sure what to do or what direction to take. Uh, we are restricted by court uh, rules and procedures from giving advice and those kind of matters, but at least we can point them a direction if we need to uh, uh, that a law enforcement or a private attorney or some other procedural uh, relief may be the best uh, source for them. Sure, you know, is maybe kind of moot, right? You've, you've, you've been a magistrate for a while, and so you, you know this, this role and have proven yourself there, but... Share with us uh, a role or a challenge or an experience or something that, that kind of proves that, that you're the right fit in this role for, for magistrate for the county. 
Well, I guess I can go back a, a few years. This is my 28th year in the magistrate court bench. Uh, previously, I was about 15 years into law enforcement, uh, served as a deputy sheriff uh, from John Hawley on, uh, roughly 1977 era, uh, then became sheriff for two terms uh, back in the mid-80s to the early 90s. Uh, West Virginia is a two-term uh, limitation state to where a sheriff can only run for two consecutive terms and must vacate at least one. I was fortunate enough to, to enter the race for magistrate in 1992 and was elected in 92 and been serving since 1993 in Taylor County. How do you define as a magistrate, how do you define success? That, uh, that is tough. Uh, you know, magistrate court uh, is really designed to, to decide what happens with someone's liberty at times. It's uh, to decide how much to find somebody maybe on a very basic speeding or someone not having a seat belt. Those are pretty easy because it's a $25 fine, no court costs. Those are easy decisions. But when you get into, you find them $100 or $20, or do you uh, give them incarceration, jail, or is that incarceration by home confinement versus actual jail confinement? Or do you give them unsupervised probation? Uh, our, probably our big dilemma is trying to make the right fit or the right decision on each and every case, because each and every case pretty much is very similar, but there's a lot of differences. Could be a repeat offender, could be someone that's never had the problems that they have now, it could be drug addiction, it could be a lot of domestic uh, or uh, uh, children issues. You just got to almost handle each case, case by case, uh, and try and determine the best disposition you can. Yeah. I think, you know, for the, from a, when we look at all the political offices that are running this cycle, and again, you're unopposed, but there's a lot of attention paid to county commission and other things. But when you look at the magistrate, I mean, there, there is still, there, there's, that's, there's a lot of, I don't want to call it the dirty work, but there's a lot of grinding of, of our society that happens. I mean, you're, they're moving things along. That's how... Uh, you know, many of these disputes get settled. They're all at the magistrate level, and you guys have a pretty pretty heavy caseload. I would ask you, well, what is it that you want in this moment? We always talk about on this program, uh, for a republic to be successful, the public has to be educated, engaged, and, and, and thriving, and, and really interested in, in their government. What would you, as a magistrate, and having been magistrate for, for, for many years, what would you be asking of the people to, to help us continue to move forward as a county? Well, my tenure as sheriff uh, back in law enforcement days and now even into the, the magistrate court era, my tenure has always been successful if there was any success based upon the confidence of the people that helped put you there. You know, I, I took that pretty serious uh, when I became a deputy sheriff and more serious as sheriff and certainly into the magistrate court even up to this 28th year. I still kind of try to take each case serious enough uh, that you try to apply the, the best law that's necessary or study case law that may be connected. But at the end of the day, you try to do what's fair and just for folks. And maybe that's what's helped kept me here, but that's what I still enjoy doing and looking forward to if I survive this uh, election, which I am unopposed in Division Two, it's a good position to be in. But I look forward uh, to doing my eighth term, if I can believe that. Um, you know, being a magistrate, obviously you're a leader in our community. People not only look to you to lead them in, in your, when they come in front of you from, for a court case or something, but it's just from a community standpoint, you're a leader in our community. And 
when, when you look at what our, our county's up against, it's easy, and, and maybe even more so for you than many others, that you see a lot of the challenges coming through, right? But, but what, are, what are the opportunities we have as a, as a county? Maybe they're unique, maybe they're not, but, but what are some of the opportunities we have to be successful here in Taylor County? Well, one of the opportunities I've had serving on the bench all these years was to be assigned to Barber and Mon and Marion and Harrison on occasion, you know, to have done some traveling gavel type of thing and I find pretty well statewide at least in the northern part of the state where I've, I've been sent to that you know most communities are very similar most problems are very similar uh, the type of people are very similar uh, we just been real fortunate in Taylor County to have some bad uh, but most are good uh, I've always found that there's a little bit of uh, bad in the best of us certainly there's a bit of good in the worst of us and you try to look for that and try and build on that whether it's drug addicted background or child neglect or abuse background or whether it's just someone's decided that they will not or cannot comply to the law and that's where the courts have to step in uh, that whatever is processed to them through the prosecutor's office or law enforcement uh, we have to ultimately dispose of that and and I trust deal with it fairly and and openly and try to uh, at the end of the day, try and do something to better their situation, but certainly protect society too, because we also have an obligation to punish or restrain some of the folks that just will not restrain themselves. That's a good point. And so the flip side of that, so we have opportunities, but we also have, we have challenges. So what do you see are, are some of the biggest challenges we're facing as a community? Well, you know, it's nationwide, and I presume it's somewhat worldwide that, you know, the, there's the continual um, surge of drugs. Uh, we've been through some of the opioid circumstances. That seems to have declined to some degree. Uh, there are some treatment procedures and, and funding out there for certain rehabs of opioid that's maybe too slow in coming. But our real scourge right now is, is certainly the onslaught of methamphetamine, uh, a highly addictive uh, uh, life running drug that just affects from the individual themselves clear up through their family and clear down through their children and their neighborhoods and the crime rates for theft and I mean it's connected to everything and we just need to continue to put emphasis on uh, addressing particularly the addictive uh, methamphetamine and, and serious addictions of those sorts and some need intensive rehab and many do uh, and we're talking a month, six months, sometimes more, uh, who pays for that and how do you fund that? Sometimes we try to hold it as a criminal penalty. If you don't do some rehabilitation, you know, jail may be the only option for you. Sometimes that wakes up people and some folks say, well, I'll do my time, I'll get out and I'll see where I'm at. Well, more likely than not, you'll be right back into it. So we try to push folks, if we can use that word, or direct them or point them into a direction of self-improvement. And most of the time, uh, if it's in drug involvement, it has to do with rehab, and they just gotta do it. Yeah. I'd like to dig in on that a little more, because really, when we look at that, whether it was opioids that then many people, they, they kind of pulled those away, then meth comes in, and I think that's, you're right, many communities are seeing that, certainly in our region and, and across uh, the, the nation, but when we look at, when you know, you're on the front lines. I mean, I know, obviously, first responders are on the front lines, Families are on the front lines, but certainly our court system is on the front lines as well. And when, when you, you have these folks come in and, 
first of all, you've got, you've got kind of the first drug-related offense, but then potentially you see him come back in on a second or a third. How, what's your strategy or philosophy? How do you, what are, what are you trying to do there, or, or what does that look like for you, being a magistrate in that situation where you see, you, you may have seen it time and again, what's happening there? Can you give some insight to folks at home that maybe, you know, they aren't, they aren't in that situation? I mean, everybody's been affected by it one way or another. Yeah, I don't think you can find that they aren't, but what does that look like for you? Well, to the true first offender, you're probably talking in adult criminal court being 18, 19, 20 years old. Could be impaired driving. Uh, it certainly could be a possession charge of just walking down the street and, or not being able to walk down the street and get noticed by law enforcement uh, to where they determine you're in possession of some controlled substance. It's not only methamphetamine. Uh, we still have the marijuana issue, we still have other pills, we still have the leftover of the opioid circumstances and other addictions. Um, so to try and deal with those true first offenders, even starting there, uh, magistrate court on my level, uh, I still try to do the same thing on first offense. Try to direct them or encourage them or push them. Again, if you don't want treatment, it's hard to make them do treatment. They almost have to decide for themselves, I'm ready and, and willing and what do I got to do? Well, you have to do a lot, particularly on the more addictive uh, substances. Uh, but when it's a true first offender, you handle very similar to a second and third offender, other than the tragedies that much more compounded and you start seeing effect on their families and more particularly the children, if there's children around, uh, their spouses and other significant folks uh, that are around them that, you know, a second and third offense, it almost becomes, what do you do? Because the courts are not necessarily the answer. It's the, the self that has to answer for themselves. Uh, but often, many of those end up in the criminal justice system. Probably if we could do a study or a little more careful review, of, we'll just pick Tiger Regional Jail, and that's the jail that feeds on Taylor County. Uh, there's probably 80% or more that's drug-addicted issue or alcohol or other substance abuse that kind of got them there got them there for impaired driving or the like, or got them there for the larceny involved where they're out looking for a few dollars so they can get to their next, uh, their next high. So it's a tragedy for everyone. It's a safety issue. It's a public safety issue. It's a personal um, containment issue of what do I do with myself? And certainly it's what do you do with them? Because we don't want to just necessarily see them walking aimlessly up and down the street. So it's a tragedy that unfortunately the courts have inherited uh, we need to help deal with it too, and, and I trust we're trying to do that for Taylor County. Yeah, makes sense. I tell you, it's a, nobody's got the right answer for that yet. Uh, but you're right; it's a, it's a self thing. I, a question about uh, in, in these questions, by the way. So we we polled the citizens; they came back with some questions, and and one of them um, was about the requirements to be a magistrate. Uh, the idea, you know, it's 21. I think it's, you're going to be 21. You have to live in the county. Uh, you know, obviously, no felonies or, or misdemeanors or, or anything of, of that that ilk. Um, is that enough to be the magistrate? You mentioned it's the people's court. Can you, you know, this is different than circuit or, or, or certainly Supreme Court, but it, can you explain a little more about what the magistrate court is and, and why those requirements are there, and is that enough? Well, the design of magistrate court uh, really goes back from the old JP system. Uh, it was probably into the mid-'70s that um, the state studied that, hey, we need to do away with some of the justice of the peace uh, type of circumstances and move into a more professionalized, unified court system. And really the foundation of that pyramid, uh, as they 
might call it in the state here, the, the foundational rock of that pyramid is the magistrate court. Uh, they've now added family court to be a little more specific uh, above us for family matters. Certainly the circuit court above that that, that deals with uh, felony dispositions, uh, you know, child uh, welfare and those kind of major things. And of course the Supreme Court at the top of that pyramid if we can think of it that. Uh, but yeah, the foundation is, has evolved and really by design was magistrate court. It was never designed that you had to be an attorney. Uh, again, you count on magistrates to use good judgment and you count on the magistrates to take their yearly training or their conference training and the education that's offered to them. You know, I happen to have a master's degree at WVU. Uh, I have an undergraduate degree and that certainly has helped me in my tenure and I trust it's helped me be a better magistrate. Uh, and I did those for myself and did that for the betterment of my position, but also the betterment of my ability to serve as magistrate. Yeah, this is, we got a couple more questions and then we're, we're, we're about finished here. Um, and this one re uh, relates to some recent events, not, in, not your, your magistrate, but the former magistrate where there were some um, things that they, they ended up getting dismissed from the, the, the position. What are you doing, or what is the, the, the court system doing to make sure that there's an integrity, a confidence in the, in the, in the magistrate system as a whole that we have here? Similar to what happened on the, on the state level where you know, the, the, that was a, a huge mess, obviously, at the, at the Supreme Court. Um, it's a much smaller level, but it still has, you know, the people want a confidence in their court system. Well, and when anything ever happens, it's a reflection on all, whatever that all is from the Supreme Court down to the magistrate court. Uh, certainly all judicial officers, uh, the Supreme Court justices, circuit judges, family court judges, and certainly the magistrates were all under the same canon of judicial conduct. We're to behave in magistrate court very the samely as the circuits, as the Supreme Court, as family court, or any uh, sworn judicial officer. And those canons or those uh, conduct rules apply to all of us. And so we have to try and administer justice, uh, try to keep ourselves educated, try to keep ourselves disciplined enough that, uh, that we'd never forget that we're serving the people. And again, that's, I can't highlight that enough. That's what I like about magistrate court. It was designed for the average person, including the average person pretty much to run for magistrate, can come in and say, I have this problem, this issue, I need some relief. Sign here, apply here fill this complaint out, civil or criminal, uh, and try to get some redress uh, or answer to what you feel the problem is. I mean, we've had cases where cows got in their garden. You know, they did two or $300 damage. What do I do? If you decide and you want, can't work it out with the neighbor, technically you can sue the neighbor. If it's $200 damage to your corn and tomatoes, you can uh, sue them for that, or their dog ate my chicken. I mean, we handle stuff as small as that, and we certainly handle stuff up that's a commercial credit accounts uh, $9,999, $1 short of 10000 civil, or someone backs in your car, and it's not a serious um, bender bender, but it's enough where they says we're not paying or can't pay, or they can take that to magistrate court. And of course, then we take all the police uh, complaints and arrests from state, city, county, and other criminal complaints that eventually even end up in circuit disposition. So we have a lot on our plate, throw in the domestics, throw in the mental hygiene. Uh, we seem to have, never have 
anything not to do. It's just are we doing everything the best we can do it. Makes sense. So among the questions we asked of folks, we asked for kind of a lighthearted, fun type question, and, and I love this one. It's, uh, you know, for what is it that you hold the most gratitude? Well, the people of Taylor County have always been good to me, for whatever reason, deserving or not. <laughs> uh, you know, when I became a deputy sheriff, I worked in 1976 during the centennial year, uh, or the bicentennial year of the country, and I did some volunteering in law enforcement. They even made me a deputy. They appointed me and no training, no nothing, put a gun on me and says, you're a deputy sheriff. <laughs> we went a long way uh, into the early, uh, well, the late 70s, and I was one of the first uh, trained law enforcement in West Virginia. It was voluntary at the time uh, to enter training at the State Police Academy uh, to be a law enforcement. It wasn't mandatory. Now they have mandatory training laws. And later on in the sheriff, uh, uh, certainly I made sure the folks that worked around me were trained and educated as best they could, that we tried to pay them decent, that we tried to improve the status of law enforcement in that response. Then into the magistrate court, I've tried to carry the same banner forward. You know, I kind of expect myself to be professional. I kind of expect myself to know the law. I try to apply the law. I try to look at case law of similar cases of how to dispose of things. I try to apply a, a, a doctrine of fairness or justice about everything we do, and that's not out of any self-improvement of myself. It's to apply uh, to the lesser of us and to the best of us, and I've tried to do that all these years, and so I don't know if I can be very lighthearted on judicial matters, but it's been my good fortune to serve the county, and I trust I've done well for the most uh, cases. Um, there's a, just a handful of cases that I probably would have not made the rulings I did if, if I had a second crack at them, for the, but for the most part, I've tried to study each and every case and apply uh, the law, and, and at the end of the day, felt that we did a fair and reasonable uh, disposition. Not a whole lot of lightheartedness in law enforcement or in corrections or in, in the judicial system, but the, the good part of it is when people come back some years back and say, you know, I'm kind of glad you did what you did to me, including jail maybe at the time, because it got my attention. Um, so there is some benefit of jail. There is some benefit of giving folks a break. And then there's some benefit of uh, trying to put a combination of things where if this doesn't work this time and we see them again, maybe we'll still try to do something the next time because we can't give up on folks. And uh, this is not a society that needs to give up on folks, but this community in this county in Taylor County has always been good about looking out for each and all. And the magistrate court, I trust, has been a, a bit of service to that because I think that's what you want us to do. That's what we try to do, and that's what we intend to continue to do uh, into the next four years. Awesome. Well, Rick, Rick Reese for magistrate. Rick, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, you know, you are running on a post, so we hope to see you continue. Maybe, maybe another 28, huh? Well, I'm going to say uh, unopposed is a good thing. I've never always had that luxury, but. Again, uh, I look forward to doing what I need to do and continue to do what I need to do and, and thank the people of Taylor County for that. Great. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Alex.